This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. You know, hi, welcome to another episode of The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, an energy worker, and a channel on the web at tdjacobs.com. And that was a little snippet of something overheard. I admit that when I went to uh, Alpine, California this last week to attend a Steve Forrest's apprenticeship program that I during coffee breaks, surreptitiously recorded some conversations and me walking around because I wanted to do a little pastiche and uh, make another show, another grab bag show. Anyway, I didn't get a ton of good stuff. I got a lot of people talking, but I realized all these personal conversations happened. Of course, I didn't know they would happen. Uh, and I didn't feel like asking people for permission to put, you know, permission to to use the the audio so anyway but that's just a little snippet uh i do have a couple others uh for the you know for the rest of the show to share with you just some uh, some fun moments for me it's like community going to to steve's program and i've been to oh hold on And I've been to, I believe it's 11 in 10 years. Yeah, it's just 10 years ago, November of 2004, uh, was the very first one I went to. And I walked in and immediately felt that I belonged there. So, of course, that kind of community and me being, you know, a young astrologer just getting into being terribly serious about it. I had already begun seeing clients, a few, at that point. Um... But it was kind of still new to me, and uh, you know, getting really in depth and speaking the language, it was great to do that with other people at the program. So I immediately felt like home, and I kept going back, and uh, I went to almost everyone for a few years. Uh, they happened twice annually, and and then I, years later, years ago, somewhere in the middle there, started working with astrocartography or looking at lines on maps, how you overlay your birth chart on the planet and you can see what parts of the planet are emphasized. So a couple of weeks ago you heard me in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia on a bike ride around the, around the, uh, some bike path, I don't know, that went around the city talking about my Neptune IC line. Well, today I'm going to talk a little bit about my moon IC line. Natally, I have Neptune, Mercury, and moon together. So the western part of the U.S. and Canada has those three lines uh, prominent but uh, right now I'm in Encinitas, California, which is a little over an hour away from Alpine, a little north of uh, San Diego. 
and here for a couple days of a vacation with my girlfriend just to chill out. Anyway, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that kind of moon experience to contrast it with that uh, Neptune experience from a couple weeks ago that I talked about in Vancouver. Oh, lots of cars on this little street. I'm actually on Neptune Ave, walking towards Jupiter Street. <laughs> uh, thought I'd go down to the, the beach and watch the sunset again. I did it yesterday. Kind of a little relaxing, icy endeavor, kind of nadir endeavor. So first I want to do some announcements. And uh, very soon, very soon, within a few days, uh, today is uh, November 12th, you'll be able to uh, get from me a soundbite MP3. Like so far I've offered Soul's Journey soundbites for several years and almost 400 people have gotten those. Those are available again right now too so you can get a, an overview of your karmic journey. But starting soon, in a few days, I'm going to begin offering astrocartography soundbites so that you can ask me about the place you're in or the place you'd the place you'd like to live and get a get an overview of how that place will affect you and what it will bring out of you I'm really excited about that because i'm working a lot with the location right now with locational astrologer astrocartography I'm kind of really thinking a lot about the astrology of place and before i begin doing a lot of teaching and writing about it because i, I do want people to really understand uh, what it means in terms of the fact that humans are energetic beings and the earth actually remembers our signatures so when we travel around the planet we ha we're having a relationship with the earth's holding space for us so different things in our personalities and in our journeys and different things that are difficult are emphasized different challenges come up different strengths are uh, eased or coaxed or dragged out of us but anyway before i begin to do a lot of uh, work for mass distribution on it, I'm offering you the, uh, the opportunity to find out about your relationship with, with certain places. So within a week, you can check my blog, you can check my website, check Twitter, Facebook, and there'll be an announcement that uh, astrocartography sound bites are now available. Really excited about that. Uh, so I'm on the moon line right now, moon IC line in Encinitas. And uh, if I were not, I would already have updated my website, and this would be an official announcement, but I swear to you, it's, uh, it's almost impossible to get anything done. I was imagining doing the radio show uh, live, and I could not imagine sitting in a chair for an hour and paying attention, because I'm just, I'm just soft and cuddly. I don't want to do anything. So I said, well, I'll do a pre-record, and then I thought all day about it, and I thought, uh, well, I guess I could just talk. I have no idea. I had no idea what I would do. So I looked to my list of topics for shows I've been thinking about doing. There's about 10 things on there. And uh, so first, anyway, this is still the extended introduction. So first I'm going to talk about, <laughs> I am talking about it, but I'm going to keep talking about the, uh, the Moon I Sea Line bit. And then uh, I'm going to talk about certain approaches to analyzing charts because I realized that when you listen to the show, when you read my blog or read my books, there's a real, especially the Soul's Journey trilogy, there's a clear focus on karmic analysis. I just want to 
put that in context because I do look at entire charts when I read them. But when I look at what's wrong or what feels disempowering or overwhelming, it is always within those four steps, which I'll, I'll explain the four steps outlined in the soul's journey trilogy. So I'm going to talk a little about that. And, uh, yeah, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, and uh, I'm actually going to do that first. That, that's a bit about Chiron. I think a few weeks ago I did a Chiron show, and I, I've uh, been working with the intention to promote the Chiron book and the audio course. It's a transcription of an 11-hour audio course that's available through tdjacobs.com. I'm uh, in a conscious commitment to promote that more because people are really wanting to learn and, and understand more about wounding and healing and what the Chiron wound is and how to understand, essentially, when it comes down to it, the purpose of pain and suffering and how to deal with it. Like how to actually not to be consumed by or defined by what hurts us. And so I was just at Steve's, uh, Steve Forrest's program and this was one of the topics he covered. He talks about Chiron. So the first time he talked about it, he took some time to really investigate it and figure out how he wanted to talk about it. And so, um, and what I, what I, what he really came away with was that, well, I came away with a lot <laughs> and much of it was interesting. Um, but one thing that occurred to me that it w really became clear was that most people, I think everybody focuses on this wound with Chiron where he is, most of them say inadvertently wounded by a poisoned arrow, whether it's his foot, his leg, or his thigh, or whatever, inadvertently wounded by the poison arrow. Some people say he fashioned the poison himself. Some people say it was somebody else. Some people say he was holding the arrow when he accidentally struck himself. Some people say, you know, Heracles did it, whatever. Anyway, all these details vary. But the point is that he can't die because he's immortal. But he's in this terrible pain because he's poisoned. So there's this idea. Well, okay, so, oh, hi there. Oh, a little doggy. Um... It's literally a 20th of the size of the dogs in Tucson that bark. If you're keeping up with my, uh, my journal of uh, unhappy whining about dog barking. Um, so he can't die and he can't save himself. He's actually a master healer and he goes through all of his tools and he can't do anything to help himself. So he finally, he figures out how to uh, make a deal with, I believe it's Zeus, king of the gods, to have... Prometheus, who's having his liver eaten out while chained to a rock, uh, liver eaten out every day, it grows back after the vulture is done eating it, to exchange his immortality, or to exchange places, which would have him lose his immortality and then he could finally die. So, as this, this is in Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age, the key on how to use it, the, the, the audio course and uh, the transcript, which is the book on Amazon Kindle on my site. And this paints a picture of people having a relationship with woundedness that, you know, seems to imply that death is preferable to living with pain. This is what I think this myth teaches us. And when I was working with the Ascended Master that I work with about these issues, he guided me toward the first wound, Chiron's first wound, 
which is the less obvious one, because we're all focused on what it means to have pain and, oh, this thing hurts, I can't help myself. And, I, and out of the you know, analysis and understanding of the first myth, or the, um, the second wound, the myth I just described, there is this thing that gets stuck in our heads about being consumed by pain and our relationship with pain, our avoidance of pain, our inability to help ourselves. And then the thing that says that we can, you know, wounded heal idea, we can help other people with the same problem we have, but we can't help ourselves, not really. So that, that seems to me a little bogus. So I go back to the first myth and the, or sorry, the, the earlier one, which is at birth, he's rejected by his mother. And so this actually, to me, and to Jehudi, <laughs> um, explains why we can't, by ourselves often, get beyond this sense of rejectability or this wound that we have. So all this is explained in the book, I want you to read it, but basic idea is when he's born, his, uh, his mother, by the way, was taken by Kronos, also known as Saturn. She's this uh, beautiful nymph. I think she's a wood nymph. She could be a water nymph, whatever. She's a nymph. <laughs> she, she's uh, enjoying her day. Kronos sees her from afar and says, I have to have her. So he starts chasing her. She takes the form of a horse and runs away. And he takes the form of a horse, arguably probably a bigger horse, overtakes her and essentially rapes her. Months later, a little baby comes out. Baby is uh, half horse, half human. Right? She's back to her humanoid nymph form. And she screams, maybe figuratively, but she's very upset that her baby is a monster. She says, get this monster away from me. So who Chiron is taken away to be raised by other deities and uh, taught healing arts, taught all these wonderful things, and he becomes this resourceful master healer teacher, blah, 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 blah. But the rejection by the mother, first time she sees him, get this monster away from me. This is my phrasing of it. The sense of not belonging is sourced in, you know, when it comes to Chiron issues, is sourced in this rejectability that an inner child feels. So let's say you are a fully functional 45, 50, 60 year old person who gets swept away by the Chiron problem periodically. And you say, oh, God, that wound. Yeah, that, I got to get help with that. And then you go and get help with it. And it's your adult self dealing with the help. This is linear, logical, psychological, counseling based. And then uh, it does not reach the inner child who needs to be dealt with emotionally. So later, the thing happens again and you're swept away by this emotion. And it is in fact an inner child who is an infant, who is a baby, highly likely under 18 months old. You can think back to like, oh, I was five or six when my Chiron thing happened. You know, you can, you can correlate that, but, but it's so, I mean, you can do a map and, and, and look at when things happen, but it's definitely starting when you're very, very young because it's before you have language, before you can reason. So you're getting help as an adult for something that you need emotionally to heal within yourself. This is a big thing I do with people in sessions regarding Chiron is basically not regression, but calling forward that infant and having the adult learn how to take care of that infant. So anyway, I want you to really think about that, that first wound, not get distracted by the second wound, which is what your linear logical mind would prefer to have in there because it's trying to figure out what to do with suffering, how to coexist with pain, how to, how to feel this. But if you 
really look at that sense of rejectability that you may have regarding your Chiron placement, house sign and aspects, then you'll be able to see how to heal it. And I do work with people. You can call me. Call me for a session on that. I do work with otherwise fully functional, amazing, wonderful adults who get overtaken. Hold on. By a, by a vulnerability that's actually an inner child, an inner infant coming to the surface needing support and help and unconditional love. So it's one of the, one of the cool things I've been taught to do by the Ascended Master. Hello. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. I'm doing so much midheaven work that I need the in, inner work as well. So you got to me. You have. A, a really, Let me get some hot water so yeah, it can groom. Yeah. Okay. You have a beautiful yeah. combination of gentleness and assertiveness. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and that's a, yeah. That's really cool. You're, you're sweet. I, I I appreciate your not just because you're being nice to me, but I appreciate your feedback. <laughs> it's, it's real. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, please go ahead. Oh, a little secret. <laughs> well, that one's empty now. It, it had mate in it this morning. Yeah. I went to Starbucks. So oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. So you guys. So moving on, we'll talk about the Moon IC line. As I mentioned in the Neptune IC line a few weeks ago, it's an inward focus. IC lines, the nadir, bottom of the chart, MM Selly is what IC stands for. And it's the beginning, beginning of the fourth house opposite the midheaven. When you're on a relocated line or an astrocartography line that involves IC, you are taken inward, you're drawn inward. Perhaps it's silent, perhaps it's emotional, like pre-logical, <laughs> pre-reason, but you're drawn inside to look at what makes you tick. Not even look, but feel and experience what it is that makes you tick. The rhythms of the moon within you are the rhythms of emotion. And there is this uh, softness that is always wanting to unfold when it comes to IC lines. If you're somebody who's driven by outward motivations or ambition, you know, normally, as I mentioned to you guys before, I, I live on my Saturn Midheaven line. So I spent, you know, for the last five years, I've been. Uh, busting my bleep to uh, produce things and create things and ma manifest what's in my head and heart 
for teaching tools and to help people uh, with various uh, things and tools and stuff and junk. So coming to an IC line, I'm drawn inward, and it's kind of, it's really a stark contrast. Yeah, it's been really hard for me to imagine doing anything. And I've had these flashbacks to, uh, to stuff about family and stuff from when I was a kid, and uh, really kind of intense. And actually, when I was in Alpine at the workshop, uh, one of the women who's been going a lot longer than I have, I just talked to her for a few minutes and caught up and was telling her about how I'm thinking a lot about place and perhaps perhaps living in a different place other than Tucson and and she said, Well, you know, what do you you know, what do you where do you want to live? What kind of place do you want to live in? And I just said, you know, I kinda of described a little bit and she said, Where'd you grow up? And I said, I grew up in northeast Ohio and she said, I think that sometimes I think sometimes people get imprinted with that, where they grew up, the kind of the geography, the kind of vegetation and climate. And, uh, and that gets uh, kind of stuck. And that's what, you know, this kind of feeling of uh, making them happy would, would, would require that. And I started crying <laughs> just on the spot. I just, my, my eyes filled up with tears. I, they didn't fall yet, but that sense of that welling up of emotion. And I don't, I don't particularly want to live in Ohio, but I, when she said that, I saw the yard, the, the surroundings of the house in which I grew, in, uh, grew up. And I started, you know, started tearing up, got really emotional. So there's, <laughs> there's, there's definitely something in there. Um, I think, you know, enjoying being in Portland and Vancouver and elsewhere on the West Coast has, has a lot to do with the break from the Saturn Midheaven line, but it's not really about um, those particular places. It's about the experience of changing up the rhythm so I can actually relax. Because when I'm in Tucson, I'm really, really kind of driven and doing quite a lot of stuff. And those are surfers walking by me. I'm at the steps at the top of, let's see what it is, Grandview those steps down to the beach from the street. I, th I think they're really selling themselves short because it's like saying, um, you know, there's something spectacular and you're saying, well, it's okay. It's, it's actually phenomenal. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and the way this, the stairs are set down, you know, to go down to the, uh, down the cliff here, the hillside or whatever, the beach, the cliffy dealio. Uh, it's just really spectacular. It opens up and there's the whole Pacific. And my experience in LA and the beaches there is this very different setup. And, um, and, and in LA at high tide in most places there's still beach, but here the beach, uh, at least in this part of, at least in Encinitas here, if it's high tide, there's no beach or there's a couple of feet. Um, this is apparently a very uh, popular surfing spot out here. And I was watching them yesterday. And uh, probably hear the little roar, roar of the water, roar of the ocean. So on an IC line, you get inspired to figure out what you feel. And it's, it's what you're carrying, but also the rhythms of your own uh, feeling nature. And you also look, you also get inspired to deal with and sometimes re-experience 
what you have felt in the past that you perhaps still carry. So it, ha it is introspection. It it's definite introspective uh, time because you, you're called to evaluate the past and to, in a way, become fully present to this moment because of what you are feeling, what you carry, and what you have the capacity to feel. What actually is running through your field right now, what is running through your system, what you are in this moment feeling. And for people who are outwardly uh, motivated or ambitious or busy, this kind of a line is a definite interruption in your rhythm because when you because you're being called in, you might have midheaven stuff activated in, a, in an icy line as well, but, but for the most part, you know, just basically speaking, you're going to get drawn into not doing, but putting your attention on being. It's a really interesting effect. And uh, it was in Los Angeles, which is right between Moon Mercury IC for me, because San Diego is not that far east of us, of uh, LA, that is when I launched my business. And I really busted my bleep again <laughs> to um, to launch my business. You know, starting to do astrology readings and then guided, you know, spirit guide readings and mediumship and uh, channeling and all those things. And I really wanted to write books, and I knew that I was too stressed in LA to write books. And so I asked my guides where I could go, and they suggested I go to Tucson. So I did. Of course, Saturn in Gemini on the Midheaven, and books started pouring out. And there are 15 books in under four years, you know, that kind of thing. But when I was in Los Angeles, it wasn't working. And I know now that it has to do with the effect of the IC line with Mercury Moon, which is at this point my bread and butter, you know, and it was then too. Uh, teaching, communicating, writing, you know, even doing readings and healing work, that's all directed inward, opposing the Midheaven. So when I left LA, I said, I'll never live on an icy line like that again. <laughs> uh, then I moved to, of course, the Saturn Midheaven line, which is just really harsh and uh, it's really extreme and, it, and it, uh, it doesn't ever stop. So for me, I think this kind of a place is a great, a great place to unwind, perhaps even do a periodic retreat for more than a few days or just periodically do it a few days. Um, I could totally see getting lost in the experience of being and uh, not finishing the 10 books that are half finished uh, on my computer uh, in my head. <laughs> I can, I can uh, definitely see that. I do want to say just uh, in general, for your reference, you know, when you look at a, a, a map with your lines on an astrophotography map. It's easy to, to assume or presume that you can go somewhere to have something get better, to escape something that you're experiencing. But in fact, anywhere you go is the opportunity to experience a part of you louder. And uh, so don't assume, I think it's, it's easy to assume, just like people assume that Venus and Jupiter are good planets and that trines are good aspects, which is still malarkey. Uh, but you don't assume that your, you know, Venus-Jupiter lines are good, for example. Like don't assume that. Don't assume that Saturn-Pluto lines are bad. That's, that's the first thing. The second big note to offer you now is that 
if you move to a place with a, what I call a major line, but astrophotography practitioners will call a power line, the, a planet conjunct and angle, that energy will dominate life. So had I been planning well, I probably might not have moved from uh, Uranus Ascendant line in Boston to Moon Mercury IC line in LA to Saturn Midheaven line in Tucson, because it's been jarring. I mean, it's been a number of years, but uh, it's been really jarring to, um, to have the, that, that inner outer thing kind of go back and forth or be kind of whipped back and forth uh, between those two energies. So you don't necessarily want to live on a major line. You want to live on a, a place where perhaps there's a major line, but there's definitely minor lines. Squares, planet square an angle, trine an angle, or sextile an angle. And we're only talking about relation, planetary relationships to angles. Not talking about uh, what's in what house or uh, what uh, planets are aspecting each other or anything like that. It's only those uh, planets aspecting angles. So having a mix of different things is often better than just doing a kind of a whole hog, uh, you know, power line thing. It's a, it's really demanding. It's really distracting, and it kind of dominates everything. So now I want to look at, uh, share with you some just some ideas on what I've been thinking about with chart analysis. Because as I promote those books, The Soul's Journey 1, 2, and 3, uh, they really do focus. They are based in a karmic analysis style. And that is uh, first step being Pluto. And this is also The Soul's Journey sound bites when I do these readings for people. And anytime I do a karmic analysis for, for people, they would say, why am I here? What my, what's my soul doing? What am I here to learn? It always starts with, the, it always starts with these four steps. And Pluto represents the empowerment journey that the soul, which is your portion of goddess and god energy, wants you to do in order to become strong and confident. The second step of the story is uh, the south node of the moon, which indicates what kinds of karmic environments, including family and communities, that you're born to in many lives, because your soul knows you need to be trained as a human. So it has a lot to do with karmic conditioning, it's your karma plus karma you share with your family system. And that's including house, sign, and aspect. And the thirds of the story would be the south node ruler by sign. So if the south node is a Scorpio, I look for Mars, a traditional ruler. The south node uh, is Aries, I look for Mars. If it's uh, you know, Sagittarius, I look for Jupiter, etc. Taurus, I look for Venus. And that tells me about your role in those environments. So second step with South Node, the environments you're born into, karma you share with your family. Third, third step of the story is your particular signature, what you're up to that they may not be. Again, house sign and aspect. And the fourth step of the story is uh, the North Node of the Moon, which is what you haven't done in a bunch of lives. And because it's opposite the South Node, your family and your community can't teach you how to do it effectively. So you have to learn something that nobody who cares about you can teach you. This is a setup for every human. Steps one, two, and three, Pluto, the South Node, and the South Node Ruler are by house set and aspect. Tell me about the, the, the landscape, the emotional, intellectual, psychological, uh, spiritual landscape in many lives. And uh, it's what's familiar. It's what you've done a lot of across the timeline. And then the fourth step 
is what you haven't done yet. So you can think of the first three steps as what you carry in, so to speak, that you're repeating in different ways. The fourth step, a blind spot that you carry in. The North Node has a blind spot. You need to learn it, but nobody who validates you can teach it to you, and in a bunch of lives, it's been left out. So that's where I always start. Uh, often, most times, I should say this, with most clients, that will take more than an hour to really get in depth into it. And so I give people a choice of if they want to uh, ask me questions or if they want me to give them the overview. And uh, most times, you know, we spend quite a lot of time on Pluto because this is fundamental to what I do, understanding uh, what makes one afraid and how to uh, overcome fear and, and transform the relationship with fear. Um, major life questions are covered in that four-step analysis. You know, what am I here to do? What is my soul trying to get me to learn? What's my purpose? How can I best use my talents? What can I shed from the past that's holding me back? How can I relate to my family better? Should I have a family? You know, what should I do for work? You know, should I be creative? You know, all these different questions, all of this is answered within that, uh, I think of it as a scaffolding of the four-step process, this analysis. Now, once that's done, I will look at everything else too. And I'll understand that you, know, you might have a, an Earth-heavy karmic signature. South and in Capricorn, Pluto and Virgo, you know, uh, South Node Ruler in the second house or in the 10th house or, or in a Taurus or something. And then you might have a bunch of inner planets in a different quality or different element of uh, different element. You might have a bunch of fire planets. Like you might have all this earth stuff karmically, but then the sun is in Aries or in a fire sign or something. And uh, this, is, this is a call to have this tool of personality, sun, deal with the karma. So I look at the rest of the chart as elements of personality that are chosen by soul to deal with the karmic signature that needs to be that needs to be dealt with. And that is to say that I I do well with sound bites, it's just that four-step process. But when I'm working with a client, I do take into account the fact that like a water-heavy karmic signature, but then this person is an Aquarius Sun trying to leave her moon. Like there's a lot of intellectual energy there too. So, so I do take into account how people are wired beyond the karmic signature. And um, sometimes people will call me and ask me, do you do chart readings or do you just look at the karmic story? And uh, of course I tell them that I do both. <laughs> so I just realized that's why I wanted to uh, talk about this stuff for you on the show tonight. To give you, just kind of put that in context because I do all that, all that stuff. I do all the normal astrologer things, but I always begin with the karma because what you believe is happening is how you're creating your world, creating life around you. Karma, I define as beliefs that are wrapped around intense emotions. And every human works according to what he or she believes. Every human is creating and manifesting the world around him or her based in what he or she believes. So I can talk about your Aquarius sun, but if we have like a really intense uh, Pluto's nodal signature that the Aquarius sun doesn't really get, you know, doesn't really understand, doesn't really want to, wouldn't necessarily want to deal with something very earthy if that, or, or you know, an air, air, air sun or something like that, um, I need to get through to you. And I, I actually always want to, I want to get to the thing that's deepest, that's holding you back, 
the most, and that's kind of my that's my inspiration. Um, being pretty Plutonian, I'm aware that stuff under the surface that we don't know how to deal with can shape our lives in ways that our conscious selves are disappointed by and are confused about. So to get to the core of the truth of a person as an energetic being and looking at what these deep parts of the self are vibrating is, uh, is what's uh, most interesting to me. then I do relationship readings, I do synastry and composite readings, and uh, it definitely, synastry is when you compare charts together, chart overlay, and uh, composite is when you uh, blend using uh, one of several different uh, methods. When you blend two charts together, basically kind of a midpoint kind of thing, and you can see the third thing between two people, like there's a person, there's a person, and then there's a relationship, the relationship is the third thing that they create together. I do that kind of reading, I do uh, solar return readings, I do birthday readings, you know. I do all these things, but the core of what I do is explaining this deep, intense, interior stuff that follows you around over the course of many lives. This uh, karmic story. The beautiful thing about telling a karmic story is that the, one of the best things for me about it, and it's something that keeps me doing it and keeps me joyful about doing it, is that no matter what you think is happening around you, as I said, it's being generated from an internal vibration, vibratory state, a belief affixed to an intense emotion of joy or pain, regret or ambition, you know, all these different kinds of emotions up and down, loud and soft, big and small, positive, negative, joyful, painful. Whatever it is you observe happening around you, you can change it. Because you can change karma. Because you can change belief. This is the core of everything I do. And uh, it's the core of the show. But as I jump around to different topics, I get away from talking about analysis in this way. You know, yeah, The podcast I did previously, which you can access through uh, uh, tdjacobs.com, through my blog actually, you can uh, look for the category. There are like 30 or 40 categories on the right-hand side, but look for podcasts, and you'll see uh, Unraveling Karma episodes come up. And uh, the feed died. Uh, it mysteriously died, so I uh, couldn't keep doing it. Uh, while my guides were telling me to go on the radio, I did that podcast instead because I didn't want to have to be on the radio. <laughs> um, didn't like commercials. Didn't like having to sit down at a scheduled time. Uh, didn't like, uh, you know, having to plan a show ahead of time. Didn't like being on a schedule. Didn't like any of that stuff. Being too Uranian. You're refusing to be Saturnian about it. And they harped on me for years, and then uh, the feed broke, which is to say that they sabotaged the feed. I mean, that's kind of a weird way to say it, but uh, essentially, I, yeah, I believe they sabotaged the feed to force me into radio because I couldn't get the feed fixed. So anyway, that's when I just started doing the show in October of uh, 2012, just over two years ago. So you can thank my guides for unraveling karma dying. But anyway, there are maybe 27, I think, episodes over a two or three year period uh, where, I, where I, every, just about every show, I analyze the charts of uh, people who wrote in with questions and did uh, you know, usually two uh, charts during that, during that show. But anyway, the entire focus of that show was, was a karmic analysis, teaching people. So if you want to learn 
more about how I look at things and answer questions, you can go back to that, that podcast and uh, check that out. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. I'm sorry. It's his, it's his I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He's very intense. Sorry, it's not your fault. But everything's okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't do anything weird to people. Sorry, I'm just I'm listening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would avert my eyes. I don't mean to. He know he he does that to me too. I know. It's yeah. like wow. I get. It's not. Re, it's yeah. not personal. It's I'm not, listening. Yeah, That's how no, you know I'm paying attention. Because if I were like. Family, blah blah blah, you know, whatever, right? So anyway, go ahead. I'll, uh, I'll be more conscious. Go ahead. Okay. Perfect. I feel strongly that if you don't look at the uh, roots of a person's emotional and energetic conditioning that you cannot possibly serve that person in a meaningful way in this big paradigm transition, paradigm shift that we're living through. The, sub, the Chiron book, Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age, says it. Like, you know, what's happening in 20, you know, what happened in 2012? What is it about? And the Aquarian Age, how does Chiron fit in? The subtitle is The Key and How to Use It. Essentially, Chiron being shown to me to be the key to the Aquarian Age. And just like you know, with Chiron, if you focus on the uh, second wound as an adult, the poisoning, that ultimately leads to his choice to die, then you, uh, you fail to take into account this emotional conditioning that he experienced as a baby, being rejected just for existing, for being unique. So I, I firmly believe that if you, if you don't look at a karmic picture in a chart, if you don't look at Pluto, the South Node, the South Node ruler, and all the, sign, the house of signs and aspects, if you don't paint a picture of where this person is coming from emotionally and energetically, then you cannot possibly help that person heal, release, shift, or transform anything meaningful. Every human is an energetic being. This is a fundamental truth that we are waking up to. If 
I don't pay attention to that, then I'm going to look at whatever I think is wrong through the lens of mind. And my mind is going to do jumping jacks and somersaults and different kinds of acrobatics to try to fix something or avoid it. But I actually understand where it comes from, what the purpose from the soul's point of view is, and how to change my mind in order to change it. Then I can actually make a difference. I can actually uh, undo this thing, stop patterns. I didn't realize I was going to uh, end up tying those together. <laughs> the four-step analysis, like why I do that, the emotional impact, you know, of getting deeply, uh, and also the uh, the Chiron wound idea. I had no idea those were gonna get tied together. I just kind of made a little pastiche of the show. Ducks in the row too. Wants security and yeah. knowingness, but then you know, Uranian just you can't. You've just got to clear the space. In Pisces, clear the space, and yeah. then it'll come. Yeah. Versus, yeah. And something comes in. Yeah, and something comes. Yeah. Things come in out of order with Aquarius too, by the way. Oh. And Pisces. So progress on in Pisces. Yeah, ahead of the curve, or the first one on the block to understand that. How does that make sense? The out of order. I mean, 
No, I guess I just love that as a construct. Yeah. I'm still structuring it, but mm -hmm. yeah. but it's the idea because I it's a, there's a timeless timeless lack of time and space. It's just yeah. yeah. So I get that. Yeah. That was the better Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. totally different than the. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very linear. Yeah. It's hard for right. me to even cut to the chase for the right. what happens, here's what it means. Right. So he's, you know, one thing with Tom is his whole paradigm. He's, he's a jokester too. Aww, Go ahead, so keep weird. talking. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, and like what, like his teachings are like that I've learned so much from, and I, 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 I learned, I agreed with his paradigm before I entered into a relationship with this man, but, um, but, uh, and I intuited its correctness at least for me, but. Um, the idea that like we're becoming more multi-dimensional beings, where our logical linear minds are not going to help us very much, and so and he talks about that in the context of you know having to learn over time to integrate uh, this various past lives, parallel lives. You know, since it's not linear time, it's all on the timeline, and these lives are happening happening simultaneously. And the records are in your emotional body. Yeah, and so you know when these irrational questions, come up. anxieties come up, you know, and just integrating all of those aspects of you. Um, so, and that's something that's just, I think it's, you know, we talk about past lives, but I don't believe in past lives, I believe in parallel lives, because time is not like linear. the soul doesn't experience time, it's outside right. time. We think so that because we age and die, that, that it's linear, like in this concept of a, the Buddhist, Buddhist linear time, it's like, from what I've seen, that's not true because it's all happening simultaneously, which is how I can have a fear out of all proportion of my biography. Yeah. How yeah. I can be, for example, terrified of this happening to me. Or that like PLTSD where the woman saw something in a film and to be carried out. Yeah, it's like that's real. It's in your space right now and it's in there. So anyway, so I do I do a lot of work on teaching people how to consciously operate themselves given that as of the end of the Mayan calendar, about three years ago, that go ahead keep talking that um just, just hoping you were going to pet me um <laughs> so that okay. you know the what happened essentially is it's not the end of something it's the beginning of this process where now the veils are gone the dimension there the veils between dimensions are gone what that means for an individual is that access to all of these past life things that you know may have before had a fear come up and go away or be here for a year or two or five but now it's like what's unresolved from other lives is coming up harsh core and we cannot deny it so i'm teaching people how to understand this so they don't think they're crazy and they don't kill themselves because it's crazy yeah like crazy so, so in, in a sense it's like yeah well how can you call it a it's real now, yeah. <laughs> like I am angry yeah. about being a slave right now. Yeah. Every, um, not every day I think of it, well, but I am in general, baseline, angry about being told what to do and then beating what I don't do. And it's like, what? You know, so it's not real. Hi. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the card was from Carrie. I want to go say hi. I'm going to go say hi okay. to her. Okay. 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 Enjoy right. that. Thank you. Yeah. And if you have cool stuff, email me and tell me because yeah. I like collecting it. I will. 
That's not even charged. I wonder what they would do when they were charged. Yeah, because he charges the stones too with the Ascended yeah. Master or the Archangel's energy. So that's yeah, but not yeah. but not Labradorite. I don't think I need to do anything with that. I think it just does what it does. Yeah. But um. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. We, you know, I'm gonna go talk to somebody. Thank you. Good morning. Did everybody sing to you today? Not yet. Nobody sang to you? No. They didn't do the happy birthday? No. No? No. I got a card and five billion people on Facebook wrote on my wall and that was nice. And I talked to my mother. Oh, that's <laughs> so a nice thing. Usually every year she tells me the story of my birth. And she says, oh, you don't want to hear it again. I'm going to say, yeah, tell me every single year. You know, so... But today we didn't, but a few days we'll catch up and I'll hear it again. She did a, she did a lot of work. That, that's right, so I call in. her on my birthday. You get that's to, right. Exactly. I think women, Thank you. the mothers, should be honored on the birth yeah, of the children. Definitely. Like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for going through I that. I really think, you know, because yeah. she's the one that went through all the work, the pain, the suffering that's right. to bring you into the world. Uh, wow. Nine pounds, 12 ounces baby? Yes, she did it. That's big. Yeah, Marjoranis yeah. in the first house, right? So she. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Karuna. Thank you. How old are you now, dear? Guess. Mm, boy, this is tough. I look at you, you don't look like you're much past about 32. 42. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Well. Baby, baby face. You really were that particular one, yeah. So that's from India. It's brecciated, which uh, red jasper, which means that it was normal red jasper that formed along a fault line or not far, and then there was a, you know, plate shifting, and then so it broke up, and there were all these gaps and holes, and then in cracks, and then water later, perhaps much much later, brought more minerals in, and it filled in the gaps, and it and it rehardened, and that's why it's that spectacular pattern. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's now all, you know. Anyway, so that that's that. Is, so the idea is like, if you think something broke you, it's not it's not actually true. You're not ever really broken. Is one of the ideas. Like if you think about relationships that hit us hard or breakups or or abuse issues or control issues, but like you're never really broken. That's why that stone got to me. It was a 17 and a half pound piece of stone that was labeled tiger iron which is what I was shopping for the other stone and um, I looked at it on eBay and I was like that's not tiger iron and Metatron was like buy it anyway and I was like I want tiger iron he was like trust me buy it so I got it it sat in my house for for four months until I cut it open and then the guy that this um, I take it to the local lapidary club and uh, the big saws for that kind of piece I'm not allowed to use so somebody else made slabs but when he cut it open, the guy said, oh, yeah, that's brocaded red jasper from India. And I started doing research, and then Jody was like, this is what we're doing with it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I bought the wrong thing, you know, but it was perfect. it was the right thing. It was the right thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but those are really beautiful. They look like satellite pictures of neb nebulae and, like, galaxies and stuff. It's, like, such a spectacular... Yeah! Yeah, or, or like, a, um... Uh, Jackson Pollock, or my mom calls it the Jackson Pollock stone. <laughs> my Jackson Pollock stone is what she calls it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you can take the sticker off too. That's just. If you appreciate this show and podcasts, 
feel free to donate to support it, to keep it on the air. It takes a lot of uh, time and energy to put this together every week and as well as a financial investment every month. All of your support is definitely most appreciated. So that brings us to the end of uh, this episode. Uh, another audio uh, grab bag for you. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can send me a comments and questions to TD, uh, Tom at tdjacobs.com. I mean, you can send it to tdjacobs.com, but that's not going to work. <laughs> Tom at tdjacobs.com. Including if you have a question you'd like for me to answer on the air. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned Unraveling Karma, uh, where I answered uh, listener questions, and I'm happy to do that here as well. And uh, check out what I'm up to at uh, tdjacobs.com. And uh, you can sign up for my mailing list there. You can access uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, where I'm uh, producing quite a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff for you. And also, feel free to look around my site. There are astrology courses, also meditation, healing courses, and I do tutoring. I do readings. I do energy work. I do all kinds of things to uh, help make your life better. Keep in touch with me, and I'll talk to you next week on the Soul's Journey. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.